let's get this party started. Uh, so welcome everyone to another transition to tech event. We've been running this uh, fireside chat basically every quarter since I launched CodeOp starting in 2018. My name is Katrina. I'm the CEO and founder. Um, and I, I really love this event. Um, I continue to be the only person that moderates it because in addition to being an excuse to, to catch up with graduates, um, it's a really magical event. Uh, why is it magical? I was just telling the panelists that the key here is to be really authentic and honest about your experience so we can have a real conversation. And um, right now we're trying to create new associations to the word tech. And what helps with that is hearing stories and anecdotes from different folks who, are, who have been doing it, no? So the focus is on transitioning to tech. Um, we've got, we try to bring different types of folks at different parts of the journey to make for a richer story. So we have full stack developers here and we have data scientists here, um, CodeOp, is an international tech school. We do boot camps in data science, product management, and full stack development. Um, so I have a series of questions for the panelists, and I like to sort of organize it first by talking about what was happening before the boot camp. So what got you to the decision of getting there, and then what happened during the boot camp, and what happened after the boot camp? No. So I've got some questions. I've already shared it with the panelists. Um, certainly feel free to add your questions in the Q&A and I'll do my best to incorporate them. And, and that's it. Um, this particular edition of Transition to Tech is, is special uh, because it's focused on parents. You know? um, and we have had a pretty amazing group of parents go through CODOP programs. And, and from that experience, we've known that there's been different challenges for them. And so while in the past we tried to include one parent, two parents, um, this is all parents on the panel. Um, and so I'm really happy to just focus in on these stories um, because it's um, basically, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And so hats off to you all for making this happen. We want to learn from you. Um, as I just shared with the panelists, I'm not a parent yet, but I'm 18 weeks pregnant. And so I'm gonna learn from, from you all. Um, so to begin with two, I just want to, so there's me, uh, there's the speakers. We've got Karina, can you, ah, hola. Uh, we have Joy, welcome Joy. We have Amadine, hello. We have Paula, hello, Sarah. And Maria. Cool. Now, for the audience, we also want to get a sense of who you are. So, just some questions um, that you can feed into the chat. So, first, um, if you are a parent, how many kids do you have? I'm going to put 0.5 because I'm almost, I'm almost there. Huh? Two kids, ages two and five, super. One son, almost five. 13 year old girl, 19 month old daughter, I think a mom and teen boy. There's three boys. Wow. <laughs> boy, one boy. Cool. Lovely. Super. Um, keep it coming. Um, another question I'm going to throw out there. How long have you been thinking about getting into tech? <laughs> My fiance. <laughs> 
so the question is how long have you been thinking about getting into tech three months about a year six months for about two years now one year a couple of years two years since 2018 about one year two years about two years three years since lockdown about a year 18 months few months i i think i'm not visible we see you <clears throat> we see you 18 months yeah i would i think i was thinking about it for probably three years <laughs> before i did it um if you're at the year mark you should probably honor that voice inside your head and go for it because i think there's something there but we'll talk about that in the future um current profession so i am ceo bookkeeper architect fashion designer maths teacher marketing attorney french teacher sales manager graphic designer social media manager uh assistant head teacher teacher dean of students do I can't keep up with you all. Mortgage, blah, 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 stay at home, mom, solo project. So nothing I haven't seen. Uh, that's good. Uh, property manager. Cool. Um, last, no, there's two more questions and we'll be done with this. First word that comes to your mind when you think of a techie. First thing that comes to your mind when you think of a techie. Software engineer, data scientist. Coding, analytics, problem solver, nerd. <laughs> yeah, agreed. My husband, mm -hmm. geek. Yeah, coding, programming, software developer. Uh -huh. Such a big industry, coding. Yeah, I think my first visual was uh, a white dude in in a dark corner with like a hoodie on, coding. This was my image of a techie. So big and hatred. Okay. Um, last question. First word that comes to your mind when you think of boot camps, coding boot camps, data science boot camps, full stack boot camps, expensive, yeah. Mm -hmm. Intimidating fees, intense, fast, busy, intimidating, intense, intimidating, intensive. Well, I, I think you all, I think you all have it right. We're not going to challenge you on those things, demanding lots of work intimidating okay we'll try to debunk that one expensive see, 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 see. okay cool um that's very helpful to get a sense of, of what's happening um so so let's begin um and how i would like to begin is to just sort of go around the panelists um if you can share your age uh where you're from where you are right now Number of kids in their age. I can remind you, huh? there's a list there. So age, where you're from, where you're at right now, number of kids and their age. Um, let's start with Joy. All right, hi, I'm Joy. I am 36, yeah, 36. Uh, <laughs> and I am originally from Guyana in South America, but I'm based in uh, Utrecht in the Netherlands right now. Um, I have one son, uh, he is one and a half, and um, what was the other? And, no, I think you, I think you oh, nailed okay. them all. Nice, 16. <laughs> Maria? Hi everyone, my name is Maria. I'm from the Dominican Republic, currently based in Barcelona. I am 37 years old, and I have one beautiful boy named Pablo, and he is three years old, so just started school. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, I think that, that was it, yeah. Yeah, you also, you're, you're, you're all nailing it. Uh, Karina. <laughs> so I'm 32. I'm from Italy, but I'm living in Barcelona since 2015. And I have one daughter called Lena, that she is four years old. Thanks. Sarah? Hi, everyone. So I am from Trinidad and Tobago. I'm still based here. So I used to be close to you, Joy. <laughs> and um, I have two kids. One is eight, as I would have shared with the group before going on like sorry the 10 year old sorry is like going on 16 and then i have an eight year old hi so i'm from argentina originally i'm living in barcelona and i have a one 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 son uh he's four now last but not least <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Amandine. I'm originally from France, but I live here in Barcelona for a few years now. And I have two children, a seven-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl. Super. Okay, thanks everyone. So there's some there's some demographics to position uh, where we're at with the panelists. Um, now I want to delve into uh, pre-boot camp period. No, um, as you just saw, many folks are thinking about getting into tech. Um, it is scary changing industry and function later in life. In fact, I, I personally didn't know it was possible to transition into tech um, if you didn't study computer science during your undergraduate studies. And it took really the existence of coding schools uh, to make me start thinking, hey, this is possible. Then on top of that, in San Francisco, where I'm from, we have actually the first uh, tech school for women. And then I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, it's, you know, there's someone like me that can potentially do it too. Um, but it was a really long journey. And making that leap uh, took a lot of conversations in my, in my head and actually replacing those conversations with uh, my friends and family voices who believed I could do it, but it was not an easy thing. Um, and so this is a critical point. Um, Maria, I just would love to start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got to the point in deciding to actually make that leap. So I had been following the proliferation of boot camps for a while uh, in Barcelona. So I was, yeah, familiar with the kind of training that they were providing. Um, but the timing never seemed right. And I had been familiar with boot camps, I would say, since 2019, 18 or so and curious about it. And also at the same time, wanting a change of my, with my career, wanting something to give me an edge and understanding what all the tech was, was about. Mm -hmm. And then uh, last year, after also having many conversations with myself, with my partner, <laughs> endless conversations with my partner, I started asking uh, people around me, people that I knew, people that knew what boot camps were about and the possibilities. Um, about uh, the possibility of, of uh, doing a career change, uh, what it takes, and so many fears um, and uh, biases that I had against uh, towards boot camps that say um, changed my perspective. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, one 
person very knowledgeable about the industry pointed me to code up and um i felt like since you had handled career changers and also mothers it was like oh i felt immediately identified so that um helped me take one additional step and something that very important um when i had my kid those at the time i made the decision for the boot camp my kid was two and a half years and with that coincided also with COVID. And I just looked back and saw those two years flying by so fast mm -hmm. that I also said, well, if I'm going to do a career change, it's either now or never, three mm -hmm. years like, like that. So you might as well do it now because you're also, well, I'm 37. I probably, if things don't change much, have 30 years of career life left. Um, so that's many, many lives. Um, so you, why not give mm -hmm. it a try now? Um, and so, yeah, time was also, um, an issue. I felt like time, everything was going too fast. And if I wanted to do it, it was, it was now or never. Yeah. 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 I also felt that. What were you doing before Maria? Um, before I was, um, I have a background in business. I also have an MBA and I was working in the higher education industry in a business school called EADA. And I was there, um, I, I went through various roles, but mostly managing strategic projects for um, our master's students and our MBA grads. So company student projects that could, could position them better in the workplace afterwards. So yeah, I did that for, in various roles for almost uh, 13 years. Mm -hmm. Cool, thanks. Karina. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what, how were the stars aligned to get you to code up? Um, tell us a little bit about what you were doing, how, when you started thinking about it, how long of a process it was, and sort of what you needed to put together in order to actually commit to something like this. So as you, I always thought that either you do a career, like you have a degree in, in informatic engineer or computer science or whatever it's called in each country or tech was not a chance. I always liked the technologies and messing around with things. I remember when I was 16 and MySpace was a thing. <laughs> HTML and CSS over there. But then I didn't see it as a profession I could enter in because it was very bad at math. I'm still bad at math. So that's a good thing. <laughs> But, and so I did completely different choices in life. I studied political science. I was working in the NGO sector. I was uh, doing project management, uh, managing EU-funded projects. And the pandemic hits and it is hard a lot of sectors. And as you may imagine, no profit even harder because you depend on public funds and maybe the things you are doing are not priorities anymore. So. That because I, I was feeling very stuck in my in, in my place because you didn't see growth opportunity things were like very insecure and by completely by lucky and by algorithm because as soon as I started looking and thinking about coding was when I was actually managing a project that was about tech education so I was looking myself to learn to code to be better at writing the project proposal basically and to understand a bit more what this is about and and then it's when the she codes advertisement start showing up in all my feet and so i started with that 
and uh, I saw that I liked uh, coding and I was going in a very through a very bad period mentally speaking my depression was skyrocketing uh, I was drinking uh, every every night to the point that was not healthy and when I was start, while I was coding I was feeling again worth Okay, like it completely changed the vision of me because I was thinking that nothing was left for me and that I was have to deal with with the choices I made and uh, and that's it. But feeling that you start coding a little app, a to do list, and you suddenly feel like oh I'm I'm ready, I'm able to do stuff. But mm -hmm. the, that code that courses was not enough for me, and I started digging through boot, boot camps. And I was browsing a lot of them, but uh, as I say, that was not in my best moment. I didn't want to feel even more uncomfortable while learning because to learn well, you need to be in a safe space mm -hmm. where you can be vulnerable and to ask questions, to say, hey, I don't understand. So I didn't want to stay in a class with a 20 something years old that is the king of coding or whatever. <laughs> so I, I and, and it's why I, I, I saw Codeop. Uh, I remember the first chat we had with Ruth, I had a very good feeling. I started, you know, kind of stalking through LinkedIn, the ex-alumna, what the <laughs> Did they find jobs? And, this guy, and I see that it was not only a school, it was a community around. And that's what really brought me to, to Codeop because I needed a community because in the meanwhile, I was not, uh, not anymore with the father of my daughter. And actually to attend the boot camp, I needed uh, help from my mother from Italy. She had to stay with me living three months to be able to attend the boot camp. And I really believe in sorority as a concept. Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's really as, as each other, as, as we really <laughs> are able to help. And Codop is a really nice community to be in. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, let me just forewarn you, with the pregnancy, I get more emotional. Uh, I hope you can all relate to that. Um, thank you. Thank you for being so so candid with us. Um, Joy, now you came to Codop through a different avenue. I don't, I don't even know if you were thinking about it before. I forget. So I interviewed Joy, what was it, maybe a year and a half ago? or maybe a year and a couple of months ago for a new program that we were offering. So let's give us a sense of how all of that happened. Well, I guess, yeah, that, that was probably around the time my, my son was born. And, and at that time I started taking, you know, trying to get into coding as a career seriously. So I started really pursuing coding with a newborn on my chest, literally. I mean, he's sleeping right here and I'm trying to learn HTML and CSS in the background. And um, so, so I had always been interested in it. I was playing with uh, some apps, Mimo. I, I learned some coding there and Udemy and bits and pieces trying to kind of see if I could actually do this. Um, so when I, when I started looking for boot camps and I came across CodeUp, I came to a like two or three of these sessions maybe beforehand. And actually, one one uh, session, Karina was actually one of the panelists. So mm. I said, "Oh, she has a daughter, and she's doing this. Wow! I maybe yeah. this is a, maybe this is possible, even with a, a baby. I mean, I 
and then you, Katrina, uh, you had asked your panelists in one of the sessions, I can't remember which one, but the question you asked the panelists was, uh, you know, tell us who you are, where you're from, but are you parenting? And, you know, with a newborn trying to switch careers later in life, I it was like, oh, she, this, this place, Code Op, would be, you know, sympathetic to the issues that, you know, if I don't understand something or if I can't make a deadline, they, they know we're parents. They know we're, we might need, you know, to bring our kid to the class or, or some extra support, you know? So um, that was kind of what really pushed me, but also the fact that, you know, I was really stuck in my career. My background is, is language teaching. I was teaching English in Turkey and um, then I moved to Greece and I was doing materials creation for language teaching and, and language testing there. And I was just really, really stuck. You know, I wanted a, more of a challenge. Um, and yeah, I, I, I needed to see other people like me right. who were able to do it with, with the challenges that, that uh, you know, we have in common. So, yeah. And so you were actually one of, so we, we were running a program last year called the Bumble Tech Academy. Um, and the, it was a six month program in which Bumble paid for uh, the boot camp as well as you earned a salary from day one of the boot camp. Um, we had in two weeks, 1600 folks apply. Uh, we, in the end, selected eight. You were one of the eight selected, Joy. And, and can you tell us a little bit about, so what happened after that? It, it was, I mean, I guess my first sort of validation that maybe, maybe I could do this coding thing. Maybe I could do it. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't accept, unfortunately, and, and it's still, sometimes I still remember it and feel, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't accept because of um, basically, I mean, bureaucratic reasons of my my status in Europe basically um so uh I you know it 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 was a big <laughs> disappointment but encouraging because they they thought I could do it someone chose me to code or to learn coding they thought that you know uh, I would be successful in it and and I, I that was a real um push for me Hmm. that time so it was also it was hard for us I imagine it was much more difficult for you because we thought you would have been great um but obviously I mean not just great in the program but um certainly in the field and in the end you decided to join us in our regular boot camp program well yeah well I I knew I knew earlier uh, early on I mean that that code up would be part of my coding journey in some way I kept coming to these things in the beginning and kept we're not paying we're not paying our panelists no, I, by the way <laughs> yeah um but I I knew that it would be part because of all the I mean I, I researched a lot and tried to find other um boot camps that at, at least I mean seemed to have people like me in a similar situation and I felt like this was this was it um so yeah, and I'm, I'm very happy with the choice I made. The rest is history. We're going to follow up on what happened after you made that decision. Um, Amadine, can you share with us a little bit about your journey? I, I remember our interview like uh, it was yesterday, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> time flies. 
um, yeah, I mean, I had been thinking about coding for several years. It's always a field um, that I'd been interested in. I'd worked in customer support for like tech companies and I'd always felt more um, comfortable with more technical issues. So it's definitely something that I felt I could be good at, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure because simply because my background, I mean, I had studied, uh, I had done a BA in history. I had my, all my work experience up to that point had been in hospitality and restaurants and bars. So it was really social sciences and like maybe soft skills orientated. And I'd always been bad at math and science in school. So I wasn't, there was just this, this, maybe this little thing in me that was like, not sure if I could do it because it really felt like these type of topics such as science and math were really necessary, especially mm -hmm. logic and things like that. Um, but yeah, then, then I guess COVID happened and for like many mm -hmm. people around the world, it, it really put in perspective what I wanted to do for, for myself rather than, you know, just following a path that put myself up on, until now. And there was still this element that felt like right now is not a good time. But like many things in life, there's never going to be a right time. And I was like, you know what, I've just I've just got to go for it. Um, so I, yeah, I did it. I remember applying to a few schools and doing a few interviews with different schools. But um, yeah, I remember getting interviewed. I think it was with you first. Uh, Katrina and then with Ruth and it really clicked with me like um, it was just really really comfortable a really chill like a really natural conversation to have where I felt like what I was saying you understood right away so as a parent you know it wasn't questioned that you know sometimes I might, it might be difficult for me with the kids to attend class or or whatnot and it was just yeah it was just really welcoming from the beginning made me really comfortable with the decision Super. Um, as a parent, um, I imagine that there's different things you have to put in order in, in, in the home life because you'll be absent and focused uh, during the duration of the boot camp. So can you tell us a little bit how you prepared for that? Uh, if I'm going to be really honest, I did not prepare. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I should, in hindsight, have prepared a little bit better, but uh, I did not because it all happened so quickly. I remember applying and within a month, the bootcamp was starting. So uh, I think I prioritized trying to get anyone to look after the children because as, as a single mom, especially, I, I didn't have anyone at home to that I could, you know, just rely on. So I had to organize maybe family members or friends to, to help out so that I could attend, attend the, the in-person classes. But I am not gonna lie. Uh, my house was an absolute disaster <laughs> for six months. <laughs> uh, it was very messy. I ran behind on every task possible. Laundry was always late. Um, food shop was on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> it wasn't very organized. Wow, 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 wow. Um, compromises, no? Compromises, well done. Yeah, but um, absolutely worth it, you know. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, Paula, does any of this resonate with you uh, in, in getting ready for the boot camp? Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't have a partner either. So uh, when I joined the boot camp, my son was three years old. 
And I didn't mention before, but I joined the bootcamp when I just turned 40. And I also began to felt like it was too late or maybe, you know, it was now or never. But for me, I, I also knew Kodo because of the Bumble contract. I applied, I have an interview with Ruth. Um, I, for me at that time, it was impossible to think of, uh, you know, starting a, a bootcamp. It was absolutely impossible financially, also um, because of lack of time. Uh, so when I I wasn't uh, wasn't selected for the for the bundle contract, I was feeling like, uh, well, this is impossible. I, I can't make it. So then I began to talk with some people about the possibilities because really, uh, also, uh, code up click for me very well. I, I felt that it was a good fit for me. And then, then I, I, I talked a lot with Ruth about possibilities and the financial, um, you know, like how to make it work. And the second part was how to uh, find someone to take care of my kid, you know, two times a week. and. And I thought that uh, that was it, that I was uh, showing up and uh, learning. And then when I mm -hmm. started, I was so overwhelmed because uh, it was all the time uh, finding the just, uh, I don't know, in lunch hours or wherever I can uh, research a little or rewatch a video or a class or trying to get the mindset for the activities. and. That was very challenging. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, but I couldn't make it. You know, it's so I, I did it. So I'm mm -hmm. so very proud. Yeah, hmm. I, I think the most difficult was um, maybe some guilt for not being so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was used to be for my kid. I, I also have a job, so I had the job. I have my kid, and I have the bootcamp. Uh, and you know, all the time I was thinking, well, this is good for us. I have to make it work. This is gonna be good for us. And then that was that was it. And, and he's fine. We're fine. So uh, you know, it's it's challenging. It's six really intense months, but it's worth it so much. You know. Mm. Mm. Um, amazing. Um, I, guilt is a thing that has come up a lot with um, our parents, students, you know, throughout the process. Guilty that um, they're not spending as much time. Guilty that they're focusing. I mean, when you do this, you're focused solely on your learning, right? And so um, folks have felt selfish at times. Uh, Sarah, is did you ever experience that guilt? If not, great. What is the antidote to dispelling that? Enlighten us. Oh, well, as a parent, I, I forgive myself all the time, you know what I mean? Like I, and I learned that from my mom, you know, my mom's like, oh no, I just, I forgive myself and I move on. Cause if not, like, I mean, I, I make mistakes as a parent every day. So, you know, but one of the things that I, um, I'd started doing, cause I realized, so at that time when I was doing code up, um, we were still in the pandemic and my kids were still at home you know, um, homeschool, if you want to call it that, but you know, they were doing school virtually until they'd always come and ask questions. And I'd be like, I'm in a meeting, I'm in a meeting, you know, I'm, 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 you know, 
Um, and then one day I realized, wow, that's, that's basically my entire interaction with them. And like you see mm. their eyes and they see them like go like, you know, ah, that can't be my entire interaction. So I actually at one point had to be like, make a conscious decision to say, you know, to like, cause I mean, you're in a class, so, you know, to actually like just, you know, not pay attention for the, the, the five minutes and be like, what do you want? Can I, you know, let me know what you want. You know, can daddy help you? If not, you know, and actually have that conversation um and you know and honestly sometimes it only took like you know two minutes or a couple of seconds you know under two minutes so it wasn't like so much of a big deal yeah so that's how I dealt with it was like trying to carve out time for them you know let me say it another way like stop what I'm doing give them their focus because I can't do two things at once I know they always say women can multitask I can't so I stop what I'm doing I give them that and then I'm like okay you know yeah and and i warned them beforehand so even before this i'm like mom's going in a meeting you know what i mean so they kind of mm-hmm. try and get me and then like that's it <laughs> i don't know if you saw like even doing this my my 10 year old who's going on 16 who has a phone it doesn't it's not connected to anything but she has a there was a dilemma so even now you know she's like i can't find my phone you know so i was trying to talk to her on the side to give her tips on where she can go to find it anyway so there's always something you know Mm, (laughs) very very insightful um and how about what were the conversations you you had to have with your family um you know did you did you talk to your kids about doing a boot camp did you talk to your partner or other relatives to get their to to create that support network yeah so for me the biggest thing so I'm going to be super honest was the financials that was like mm-hmm. the biggest conversation right because um prior to that let's say five years before that I'd convinced my husband um to become the sole breadwinner you know or the major breadwinner I left you know we both worked at the same place I left where I was so that I can be more available to the kids and I had my and continue I'd started a business but we teach coding to kids, right? <laughs> and so um, I focused on that business and he was really the main breadwinner. And, you know, the company was doing better and better, but we just never made enough money to pay me a salary that I wanted. So that, that's really why I ended up going into code up. So, cause I'm, I, I've decided to, I'm doing data science. I'm a data science intern now. And, you know, so, so, the point is I changed careers again. So I had to tell him basically, hey, you know, I've decided to change careers again. And not only that, um, we need to pay for it. In fact, we need to pay for it, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so again, it was, that was it. And, you know, conven- convincing him for lack of a better term, he's, he's super supportive, you know I mean? He's super supportive. Um, you know, once I can, you know, show, hey, this is, this is going to pan out because I, I don't, unlike, I think everybody else who mentioned, I love math, you know, um, so data science for me is like a joy. And so I was like, listen, no, this is what I want to do. I think I can make money doing it. You know what I mean? So eventually I know I'll make money doing it. It'll be, this is, and, and what greater joy is there than doing what you love? You know, by the way, I'm 43 years old. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. Um, doing, doing what I love as a career. I think that's super important. And I think mm-hmm. a couple of people mentioned that in here. Um, so yeah, so I think I answered your question. (laughs) Thanks. No, uh, it's, it's good. So different stories, right? Um, Maria, is that how the conversation rolled with your partner or was it slightly different? Um, it was, I mean, I have a very supportive partner too, like Sarah, 
um, this was a very big conversation. But again, when you, I think when you're a parent and you're sharing your life with someone and um, you make a decision for a career change, it becomes a family plan. Hmm. Uh, because essentially you want to do this to, to progress in some way. And, and you're doing this because you want to feel better with what you do eight hours a week, eight, eight hours a day, five days a week. Uh, and that means that you're going to come happier home. And uh, it, it, there's so many other things apart from uh, just the job and the opportunity that you get that come with, with a career change. And I don't think us parents take that decision lightly. That being said, of course, we had to talk about um, like when would be the best time and we could plan well around that because he's a teacher. So summer for me doing the summer uh, full, uh, boot, full stack, full time boot camp was a better option because he could organize better around that. You also need to know how you work best. And if you if you can allow it, I knew I couldn't do part time and um, continue with my current job because my current job is already taking too much of my personal life. So I knew I was going to be half here, half there, half with my kids. So, um, and as Sarah said, you also need to sometimes make decisions. You Multitasking with coding, that's impossible. You don't do that. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, you're either very focused or you're either very focused with your child. Um, something I learned too is that I am, I spend, when I'm not in front of the computer, I have poor quality time with my child. I'm not sending emails or checking if something came up. I'm very, I don't know, I've been able to compartmentalize mm -hmm. that better uh, in my life. Um, and my partner notices that. Um, and even if I'm in the, still in the early stages, uh, we're already seeing that part. Uh, but yeah, the conversation, I must admit that it was a, it was a family plan. I mean, if, of course, you have to discuss the financial and you have to think of, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And think of that scenario and have it there as a backup just in case you never know but it gives you peace of mind that you have yeah. a what's the worst worst that can happen plan yeah. so you take that off your head put it in that box and then enjoy your the rest of the journey um as much as you can super thank you um, let's move on to, okay, so everyone's decided to move forward with the boot camp. They've got their network ready or, or they're winging it in some cases, uh, but they have faith in the process, uh, different, different ways to getting there, but you all ended up at the same place, which was deciding to move forward with a boot camp. Uh, so now what was the boot camp like? Uh, first, you know, there's your own mental and emotional experience of the boot camp, the intellectual challenges associated with it. Um, and then on top of that, you have to go home and manage many other things. You know? um, so the first thing I want to do um, is just, if Joy, if you can share with us um, what the boot camp experience is like. And if, you, if you'd like, because you're TAing for us right now uh, in a new program we launched specifically with parents in mind, um, we, we have a part-time course. We've been running a part-time course for about three, three years now, and uh, it falls on the evenings for twice a week in the evenings. What we know is for many parents, evenings are sh really shitty time uh, because they need to feed the kid, they need to bathe the kid, they need to put the kid to sleep. No. So this was not working for um, parents who want to do our program, and we've been hearing this for a long time. So. Um, also, the full-time program didn't necessarily work for 
working parents, no? Um, so finally, finally, I'm very happy about it. Uh, we launched this past month a part-time program that's in the morning. Um, and uh, it's fewer hours and it's, but it's more frequent during the, so it's three times a week. Um, and this is something we just launched. It's really exciting. We got 11 folks in the program. Um, the instructor who's actually in, in the audience right now uh, is also a parent. Um, all my parent instructors said, you know, what would be the best course to teach uh, is an AM part-time course. And so anyways, Joy, you're, you're uh, a TA in this course right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what a day looks like? And you can also let us know sort of the different phases uh, of the boot camp. Uh, so a, a day when I was in the boot camp. Uh, Either or, yeah, <clears throat> your experience directly or or the, the, the parents program that you're teaching, whichever you prefer. So for, for me, there was no um, real like typical day because uh, <laughs> I was during, the, I mean, I wasn't working at that time. That was uh, fortunate. So I didn't have a job to split my time between but I had a baby <laughs> and um I um, was doing all my studying assignments, uh, whatever we had to do for the boot camp, around his very unpredictable nap schedule. So it, it was the, the the nighttime course. It, yeah, by the time six thirty was it six thirty that it started? <laughs> it came around. I was always extremely tired. Um, so so from that perspective, I think the the current setup. It is going to be easier for um, parents who opt for it, uh, because I, I I think I would have preferred this um, current sort of um, iteration of the the, the part time boot camp. Um, so it's um, yeah I, I think that the the frequency and the fact that it's in the daytime at least for me would have helped to keep me more. Um, <laughs> sort of focused in class and yeah I'm a more of a morning person so learning or doing anything in the morning that's that's my type you know <laughs> so there's um so there's a lecture right that mm -hmm. um is an hour depends on who your instructor is <laughs> some instructors like to they, they they feel the passion and waffle on but typically it's it's supposed to be a shorter lecture maybe one to two hours let's say and then uh, you have activity time, yeah. um, and that's the sort of uh, theoretical phase. You do that depending on your program for for some weeks in the full time, some months in the part time. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you get into project phase, um, and you make three projects. Um, I'm going to ask you about some of your projects. Um, Maria, um, you you were doing the full time program. Um, can you tell us a little bit about a typical day in your course? Um, so yeah, um, our day starts at nine. Um, you have some time to um, set up, uh, review, uh, finish some exercises from the day before, or yeah, uh, typically um, if there is if there is no um, lecture to conclude that day, we start. Uh, with a new lecture, then move on to activity time, then review uh, whatever we've been working on, perhaps a bit more of uh, lecture time and continue on working uh, activity time in the afternoon. 
and that they can change. You can start with a review in the morning. So that's why that half an hour before we start, it's very useful to just refresh, um, reorganize, see what you had done uh, the day before. So you can discuss it in the, in the peer review or, or the review with the professor. Um, so that it's during lecture phase and during project phase, uh, you're more working for the first two projects are more working on your own. Um, you have support from a TA uh, and from the instructor on your own project. And there are some flash lectures that will give you like additional content so you can better shape your, your project. In the team uh, project, you're also, um, it's more or less the same structure, but you're with the team. So you need also a bit of project management time uh, that you organize yourself in the team with your team uh, during that phase. But, Typically, yeah, nine to six, that's how you distribute it with a good lunch break in the middle and that's it. Mm -hmm. In terms of intensity, I imagine you all had some assumptions deciding to, to move into the boot camp. Um, was it harder or lighter than what you had imagined? If you can just show with your thumbs was it was it more intense that you had imagined or less intense or more or less what you expected? More intense, more, <laughs> more intense, more or less what you expected. Okay, so somewhere in between, um, more intense than what you expected. Um, Paula, um, it's an intense experience you've shared with us. Um, there was a, you know, you were working. Was there ever a moment where you felt like giving up? Um, and if so, sort of what, what pushed you through those moments? Um, no, not really, because when I, I make the, I, I really thought very well about taking this, this leap because uh, I was uh, compromising me. I, I, I was assuming like a very family change uh with my my son's schedule uh with his father we had to agree some we had to make very difficult uh choices you know uh so it was like a big move for me and also financially uh actually my brother uh he's living here i think for about two years now now it's closer uh, luckily so uh, he agreed to some Sundays or Saturdays uh, take care of my kid and also uh, he let me some money for the paying the boot camp so it was really like a really big mm, decision for me so yeah. when I felt the, the very times that I felt overwhelmed <laughs> um, no I, I think I felt first uh, really supported by the TAs, by the mm. by my 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 colleagues, my my teammates, my um, all the group. You know, I, I really felt that I never felt alone, and also I well I I, I was really enthusiastic for doing it, but mostly like uh, any parent i think um you know if you raise a daughter, <laughs> you can do anything you know it's <laughs> like uh you you make the best every day and you hope but next day it's gonna be better and that's it you know it's not uh there's no i did everything i could every day so that's it yeah yeah Mandy, did you ever consider 
Do you ever have these moments where you thought about giving up? And if so, how did you push through it? Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No. <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely some moments where it's not so much I, I wanted to, to quit, but there was definitely moments where I doubted my decision. Hmm. Um, I think for the, the large majority of the boot camp, I just, it was just not going through. Like, I, I couldn't understand the exercises. Um, everything was just getting more and more difficult. And I felt like I wasn't catching up um, quickly enough, especially compared to the rest of my cohort. It seems like things were clicking and they were mm. the projects look amazing. Um, so there was definitely a lot of doubt in whether I made the right decision. Um, but I remember Jim, who was our instructor, he was always like, you know, you got to trust the process. It's going to be mm. fine. And he was always like super supportive when we had the challenges. Um, he, he was like, no, you're doing fine. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're doing well. It's going to be OK. Just, you know, pay attention to this, to that. And then. I think it was when we entered project project phase, so like the third, like towards the end of the bootcamp, and you're actually spending time coding and putting all the different components you learn together that it finally clicked. Mm. <laughs> so we're talking like months later. So I, I probably like had four or five solid months of being like, what have I done? Why, <laughs> why did I sign up to this? Um, but yeah, what I would say is if you if you're one of those people that maybe feels like you might not be good enough or you might not understand even in the beginning or even in the middle or even towards the end of the bootcamp, it's just trust the process. That's that's the mm. only advice I can pass on. Um, things will fall into place and make sense eventually. I'm happy to hear that because we constantly say that and we've seen it regularly. We know sort of ebbs and flows emotionally as it relates to the curriculum. We try to normalize it. Sometimes it helps, but in the end, it's, it's, it's very daunting, the, the information we need to digest at that, at that rate. Um, Corina, let's talk a little bit about time, time management. I mean, you did the full-time program. So was it the case that once you got home, computers closed, you're not thinking about coding or uh, was there more work to do? Tell us a little bit about how you managed, how you managed that. So as I said, because of making it, they the I started the bootcamp October 2021, 20, so past year, and it was also the year that my daughter was starting school. So it was like <laughs> how I can manage to attend the bootcamp nine to six if the, the school is nine to half past four, hmm. and. That's for for that that my mother came living with me for the period of the bootcamp, and I was scratching all the possible free time that I have to study even more. So because I, I in, during the bootcamp, if you just very focus a lot during the classes and the activity that they do, it's already starting you in a good point. But I was very anxious at the time because. Uh, my unemployment was going to finish very, very quickly. It was like at the end of December, I was uh, not receiving unemployment, uh, like not the, the, the full 100%. So I was like very scared to not make ends. So I was like, I will put all myself into it. So in the commuting time I had, 
from the booth, from school, from house to school and school and back, I was studying, like maybe reading material. So looking at tutorials about the things that we touched in class and trying to do other things. Then at night, once she was going to bed, because at least I tried to put uh, to bed myself because she was not seeing me all day. And then I was maybe reading some more and looking at something more, but this is not because it doesn't have to be like this, but at that moment, I felt like I have to do the, to make it most of the time uh, to focus on this because then my mother uh, need to come back to Italy. So how can I manage if I need to look and keep studying after the bootcamp while I'm job searching? I was like, no, now is the moment. Let's put dive in deep all of myself. So yeah, time management was... Uh, was a thing but was more the emotional management because the time management in the end you can sort it out but it's the as all uh, you said the feeling of guilt not paying attention to them to having losing moments with them or whatever because we have all these narratives about the milestones of our kids the first time of our kids they do a lot of things every day. So <laughs> you're not missing anything. In the end, you will see another first time or whatever. And, so, and, and I was doing for her. So that's, it was amazing. You know, from our end, you would never know that you're having to, to cope and manage all of this because every day you would show up, Karina, like super focused and in, from our end, just a real positive presence. And so it's, it's always interesting to get the sort of backstory and all the, the complexity that you're managing at that time. Um, Sarah, so data science, you're doing data science program part-time. Um, I imagine you were spent, so the part-time program, it's, it's the same curriculum, it's a little bit longer. Um, study time is not nothing, right? So after class, how did you, how did you handle the time management? Did you have a hardcore schedule? Was it random? Did you have good moments, bad moments? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, what's hilarious is that I was like, wait, what I did was part-time. It didn't feel part-time because to <laughs> me it was like every, because you were like two days a week. I'm like two days, no, it wasn't. I actually went to check back my schedule. I can't believe it because it felt way more than that. Cause it was two days, Some so, sometimes it was three, three days a week. Sometimes there'd be a Saturday, there might be a guest lecture or something like that. But, um. Yeah, it was, it's intense because the reality is that um, you need to, you, you probably have an assignment that's due for the next day. You need to, re, you know, review what you did. You know, um, as time went on, you got, I find, I got into a groove, you know what I mean? So you kind of mm -hmm. knew, you know, like, I don't know, like what to expect. Um, and some, some lectures would go longer, some, some would go shorter, you know, it depends on the lecture. Um, and then you can always, since you've carved out that time, you can always use it to like go over the notes or whatever. But um, for me, it was, it was easier at first. And then somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Around the machine learning mantra and neural networks, I imagine. <laughs> Actually for me, yeah, it was like the SQL database. Um, yeah, and like NLP. Now, what happened to me, like, I fell in love with NLP, right? Like, I was like, so... Hey, can, you, can you share with the group what NLP oh, is? For sorry, natural, natural language processing. So I always like to say, like, so NLP would be, like, 
if Alexa can understand you, that's like NLP. You know what I mean? So <laughs> when a computer can un understand either text or spoken word, right? And so for me, I just fell in love with that. Kind of like back, if you go back to high school. So for me, again, I love math. So I can I can tell you my math teacher's names, you know, Miss Miss Dubuque, Miss <laughs> Taylor. And I can tell you my NLP teacher, you know, Philippa, right? Because so... I, I fell in love with her. She probably doesn't know, but she's just like, yeah, no, because she brought that, that, that subject to life for me. And so then on and there, I was like, oh, I knew I wanted to do this. This is all I want to do. And I, I kind of zoomed in on that. And my final project was on that. Like I convinced everybody, yeah, we, we should do, <laughs> we should do an NLP project. Um, so yeah, so we ended up doing a, like um, a sentiment analysis on tweets to figure out, um, you know, what's the top destination this week based on um, travel bloggers, right? So, um, and the fact that we could do that after that six month pe uh, period was, is like amazing, right? I, I find, but, but what it is, is that, um, so like SQL, which is, is something that um, every data scientist should be really, really strong in. I will confess that I'm not because um, that part of it was super blurry for me. And afterwards, I, um, I'm actually like doing like an online course on it now. So just to let you all know, uh, you know, anyone that you may not get, every, you know, mm. you may not, I mean, it depends on how your brain works. You know what I mean? You might be like super into every single thing, but at a certain part, I kind of like zoned out um, and I zoomed in on something. And I was like, oh, I mm. really love this. Um, but you need all of the skills and it's six months. In some cases, I, I don't know if the full time is three months. Um, upskilling to me is, is number one. It's like, it's continuous. You know what I mean? It's not like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm camp, that's it. You know, you, you have to still read, you have to still, you know I mean? If online courses is your thing, you can do that. Um, it's, it's continuous. And then the, um, the world I, I, for data science, I can say that like, the type of models or whatever the technology is changing all the time. So you need to keep up to date. So that's, don't think that, oh, I did the boot camp. This is my certificate. That's it, you know? No. And then preparing for interviews is a whole other, <laughs> other thing. But what I did want to mention was just in term of, uh, terms of finances, I don't know if it's, it's still available, but for me, um, I was able to um, get a loan facility through, through um, code up. That was super helpful. And, and, um, I think it's it's worth noting. So I'm in Trinidad and Tobago, that's in the Caribbean. And that facility was available to me because a lot of times, a lot of these opportunities are only available to people if you live in the US or you live in the UK. So I was super impressed by that. And mm -hmm. one last thing I do want to mention is that I did apply to the Bumble Tech Academy, right? <laughs> um, that, that, because, and, and how I saw it actually, as I said, I am. Um, I I have a, a coding school for kids, so I'm always looking for opportunities for them. So that's how I found it, and I was like, oh my gosh! So I told my friend's daughter. I sent it out in my mailing campaign and told people, hey, you all need to apply to this. This looks really great. And then I was reading it, and I was like, what about me? And so <laughs> I applied as well, you know, because I was like, this is so good. Normally, I do, I applied as well, and like again, like rejection is nothing for me. Making mistakes is nothing for me. Like you're human, you're going to make mistakes, you're human, you're going to be rejected, right? That's, that's how I see it. And I just got really interested in, in Code Up, actually like Code Up itself. Mm -hmm. And um, I would have done, um, Code Up actually offers, just like they offer this, they did um, 
there was an HTML um, like mm. workshop. Workshop. Right. So my, myself and an employee from my my company, Smart Kids, we attended, and we like, oh, I'm like, this is really good. So Kimberly, I told Kimberly train up on it. She trained up for free, and so she was able <laughs> to like develop something so that we could teach kids HTML. You know, listen. So I mean, and I was like, this course, this is this is really good. And I just learned more about code up. I researched other. And then I research other coding programs and I'm like, nah, this, this is the one for me, you know? So I'm just letting you know that code up is, is amazing. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, the support as well too, that you get after, um, like to, to prepare your resume and, and stuff. And, and you get that from within your cohort as well, and which we can talk about the support within the group, I think is really important. I think Karina mentioned that being in a, being in an environment to learn, but, is one thing, but then I would say also being an environment to grow, right? Because it's like, mm -hmm. I, I still I still talk to my code up group on LinkedIn. We have a little group and we, we still talk mm -hmm. to one another and encourage each other in terms of in our job search and so on. I, a lot of good information there, Sarah, thank you. Um, since you brought it up um, and we're getting to the last quarter of the program, let's talk about this uh, finding job, right? So the first thing I wanna say is, um, one of the first things I think when you decide to do a boot camp, um, it's, it's not easy and, and no one should make you believe that it's easy. It's, it's, it's challenging. Um, it takes a lot of effort mentally, emotionally, financially, et cetera. Um, so our, the sort of greatest indicator of success is how you're managing your expectations and how you go into it so you can plan. So if you're planning that it's gonna be challenging, then you're sort of ready for the challenge. You're not surprised by it. So that's the first point. It's not, it's not going to be easy. And that, that's for all of our programs, you know? The second thing is in terms of managing expectations is you are doing a boot camp. People do masters and PhDs on, on some of the things you're learning. What does that mean? That means you're going to be exposed to so many different subjects in a short amount of time. And so it is impossible to learn everything well. Um, you get a taste of a lot of different concepts and the really important ones you sort of return to in project phase so you can apply it. And that is enough typically to get your foot in the door into the industry, right? And, and we've seen that and boot camps have been around for over a decade now. So there's a lot of research now that shows this is the case. Otherwise they wouldn't have spread um, around the world. So um, you have to be okay with not understanding something completely well. And that's that can be very uncomfortable, obviously. Uh, but if you know that's the case then you can sort of write it out and you have to be really generous with yourself uh, because it is daunting and it's going to be difficult and it just sort of takes some time to like get to where you need to be to, to start feeling okay about it and then once you start feeling like okay I think I'm getting into it I'm getting to understand it you move to the next subject um, and then project phase typically you can you can take a couple steps back and, and you start applying and it becomes exciting because you can see what you're building and you can see that all that time during the, the lecture phase you, you were actually learning something um, then you get towards the end of the boot camp, and then we start seeing the anxiety come back. So you're, you actually never feel comfortable during the boot camp, not at the start, not at the middle, and not at the end, because there's you're sort of moving the stresses, right? So so first, 
the fear of doing a boot camp, can I succeed? Then you get into the boot camp and you're like, okay, can I make it through the boot camp? You make it through the boot camp and then you're like, oh shit, now I need to actually find someone to pay me to do this work. That's really scary. Uh, is it going to happen? I don't know. Um, if it doesn't happen, I'm potentially fucked financially. This is really risky stuff, very stressful stuff. No. Um, so first we have to honor sort of what what's what's really happening there. People empty out their savings to do this kind of stuff. People ask, you know, from help from family members to do this. It's it's not a nothing deal. And so you should be sure that this is something you want to do. And the thing is, is you've been thinking about it for a while, most likely. Uh, there's something there and you should you should listen to that so um anyways i'm trying to summarize where where we've been so um we get to the end of the boot camp there's typically a career phase um it's a really intense week actually at code op many people think oh i can relax nope <laughs> um we bring in technical recruiters we have you do technically chat technical challenges basically we're trying to simulate what you're going to experience once you start looking for work so Karina, can you tell us a little bit about what your job search strategy looked like and, and what the interview process was like? Yes, I remember that um, because we have uh, Anne Maria, I don't know if she's still at Codopor. Yeah. Yeah. That is like your career coach that you have through the bootcamp. And I remember that I was booking her from week two after the bootcamp, talking with her like, okay, possibilities. I know that there are these kind of roles and these, and, and these others, but what is most likely, where can, where can I fit? Where can I translate better my previous skills? And so I started, like while I was studying, I was keep like working on my CV and thinking about how can I then prepare to the job search. And I started actively looking for a job one month before the end of the bootcamp. So I remember that Katrina reviewed my CV like four or five times, <laughs> helping me with the, the, the pitch. And it actually, I learned a lot through that phase because then I realized that uh, even in, in past job searches for uh, completely uh, unrelated jobs, what I was doing wrong. Like this was in the, during the career week and with the support of Anima and Katrina, I learned how to actually make uh, visible my strong, my strength and what I was doing uh, well and that really helped a lot and I remember I, I sent in total 85 CV because I was going to keep in track because um, me and uh, another couple of uh, colleagues from the bootcamp we were like in a in a in a program that you have to committed to uh, to, uh, to look for a certain amount of job to be uh, able to pay the bootcamp after uh, you finish. So once you, I didn't paying from the day one. I started paying when I found my job. And uh, so they were like, okay, but are you looking for a job? I was like, yes, use <laughs> an Excel with all the offer, when the date. And then I found a company where I'm still currently working. I remember I graduated from the bootcamp on what was the 10th of December, the 17th of December, around that uh, the date. And uh, on the graduation day, I was having my first, it was one day after because I was doing my first step of an interview. Then the week after I was doing the second one. And meanwhile, I was doing another one. And then on the 31 of December, I received the 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 offer for my current company is Porsche and now I'm working there as a front-end engineer uh, and uh, to link to what I would just say 
you never stop learning. Like in my job, I've learned tons of things. Mm. But the, what I think and I see that really helped me was the mindset I acquired mm. during the bootcamp to the understanding how you to take a problem and you make it smaller and in smaller parts and getting in the habit of coding and becoming more comfortable with all the shortcuts and these kind of things that was really of help. Then on the job you learn. If you if you go in a good company, usually they want to teach you well because there are no be there are gonna be seniors if there are no, you don't train well juniors. So I remember to starting then very very quickly. So it was not even fifteen days. <laughs> the end of the bootcamp and actually starting the job. Cool. I remember that uh, and we were all very impressed by that um, and that's that's one story there's different stories no not everyone that doesn't happen with everybody um, Maria so tell us a little about from the time you graduated to what your job search strategy has been like so I knew when I graduated um, I was taking some time off because I just had just left my job and started the bootcamp like right away. Um, and I got offered the TA position, which was great because I was planning in reviewing, preparing more my portfolio, uh, training more coding challenges. So the TA uh, job has given me the opportunity to do both things uh, mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, my job search strategy, I would say, um, the self-awareness uh, exercise that we do with Anne-Marie on what you're looking, why you're looking, what are you looking for in a job? I think it's very important to decide which companies you wanna make a really good, really good application to and which companies you wanna apply to, like to, um, well, uh, see, like not really with the aim of perhaps getting the job. Uh, so yeah, I tend to like, prioritize other things in companies that perhaps before code up I was and before this stage in my life I wasn't um, prioritizing as much um, I don't know if that's a strategy but it's like more like value oriented kind of hmm. job search if I may um, uh, yeah I would say yeah that's about about it with the strategy um, to be honest I haven't been super super active until very recently um, so I hope I can have more news about it, uh, very soon, uh, but, um, yeah, I think very important is not to disconnect with coding. Um, even though if you are as a TA and you're seeing code all the day and advising people or just reviewing when you finish the bootcamp, just reviewing what you did, um, it's not the same experience as actually coding and building something as silly as it is building a silly project, which is what I'm uh, I'm doing now. I have a few ideas from a previous coworker of tools that he could use. So I'm working through those um, because that's what really builds your confidence, I think. Um, so that's something that you can talk about um, when you are in an interview. Uh, so yeah, I would say that that's a very important part of the strategy. Apart from doing coding challenges and all that, but actually building something, I think, gives you more, yeah, security. I couldn't agree more. And people do have different job search strategies. Um, some shoot off a lot of CVs and have a lot of different interviews. And we've seen that work. 
And then some folks really try to have more of a qualitative approach to it. And we've seen that work. Um, I think the main thing here is that you need to put yourself out there and start having conversations and start building up the portfolio. Um, Amelina, tell us a little bit about what happened after the boot camp. Um, so I think I was I was quite lucky with um, my experience because I I started applying for different type of jobs mainly to to get experience in the interview process before the bootcamp had um, even finished. And I remember getting a surprisingly getting a, a really good offer for a job that I thought was serious, seriously underqualified for. So I was I was really surprised with the offer in the first place. But it was with um, Typeform, which is you know it's it's quite a, a a well known company at least here in in Barcelona, and they had a really good culture. And the job was really interesting. It wasn't as a developer per se. Um, it was working with API integrations, but you know, it, a lot of the things that we learned in the bootcamp were transferable. Like you needed knowledge of coding, understanding how developers work and being able to, to use the same type of language as they do. Uh, and it was a really good offer. So, so I, I was about to take it, but I also really love where I work. So I, I went back to them. I was like, look, I'm almost finished with my boot camp. I wasn't expecting any offer, but it, it landed. So um, I'm considering it. And they did something really amazing is that they, you know, they, they came back with a counter offer and offered me pretty much mm -hmm. the same position here in the company. So I was able to, to stay with them, which I was really, really thankful for because it made the whole process of transitioning into the tech world so much easier because you know the, the lending that first job is always the, the trickiest part um but yeah so so i'm now working as a as the api integration specialist for them so yeah i'm not working as a front-end or back-end developer but i talk to developers all day long i help them <laughs> um build their integration between their software and ours you know i i give them advice because it's knowing how coding works, knowing how a developer's mind works, what they need to do with the logics they need to build for the softwares to be able to communicate to each other has actually been like super important in being able to do this role. So yeah, I was lucky, but that's what that's one thing I'd like to, to, to mention is that, you know, be open-minded because of course the dream job is to be a developer, but what you learn in the bootcamp, the skills are so transferable. And at mm. the end of the day, the tech world is so big. There's so many roles where you can apply what you've learned. Um, so yeah, like, you know, when, when you're doing that job search, just keep an open mind, just read the job description and see what you knew from before and what you learned in the bootcamp. If you can apply both, there's amazing positions out there. 100% um, and that resonates very much with me. I, let, I come from the social science world and in my early 30s decided to do a graduate program in data science, thinking I'd go on to do a, a PhD in, in social research. Um, and what happened was I completely fell in love with, with data science and I said, no more school, I want to hone in on my skill set. Uh, so I started working as a data scientist and then I launched CodeOp. I don't have an MBA. It was never on my bucket list to create a company. I never wanted to do this. Uh, it was a really a matter of troubleshooting my own issues, which was 
I didn't have a community. I didn't have any role models. Um, there were very few people that um, I, I connected with from, from a value perspective, and that's super important for me in my work. And so launching Coda was uh, really a matter of troubleshooting my own issues. Um, and I use Google spreadsheets now. Now, does that mean that the money and time I spent during my graduate education was all in vain? Absolutely not. Um, it's, and I say this to students, what you're learning doesn't really have anything to do with JavaScript or Python. You're learning so much more than that. Um, you're learning how to trouble, troubleshoot, how to problem solve, um, how to you know, think in terms of building a model and iterating off of that. There are so many transferable skills. I can tell you right now, there's no way I could have ever done what I've done at CodeOp had I not had that technical education, even though I'm using Google spreadsheets. I really miss coding. Um, and so I, I say, and maybe I'm biased, huh? but um, it's never in vain to, to hone in on your technical skill sets. I, I want to go through everyone because I think everyone has a different journey when it comes to what happened after the boot camp. Um, and so it's important to show that there's different directions people can go. Um, Paula, let's start with you. So you finished the boot camp, and where are you at in your journey? Um, well, I am doing interviews. I finished, uh, I think, well, yeah, uh, we finished in July. So then was the summer here in Barcelona. I work and I have a child, so I don't have a lot of time uh, for, uh, for looking for a new job. but. Uh, I think the career week with Anne-Marie was great. It was really, really helpful. Uh, she did uh, lots of uh, great, well, resources, but advices, you know. Um, mm -hmm. For example, I remember that she told us, uh, if you are looking for a job that you don't have the all the skills or um, you, you don't have the experience that, that they are asking for, but you like that place, apply. Apply wherever you like, but because maybe you are not a good fit for that role, but you get noticed and maybe they call you for another thing. So I, I had like, I think in two months for five or six interviews. For me, it's a lot because I, I, I came from publishing. In publishing, it's, it's a very small world. I, I was looking for a new job for about two years before starting, uh, starting to uh, think of making this transition. So I am, you know, every interview I, I didn't uh, I didn't go forward that, but every interview is so much learning. Uh, mm -hmm. Every everyone is so so kind. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I get very uh, excited with uh, with a you know a, a chat and maybe get to know some people and uh, I think it, I, I'm I'm really confident. You know. Uh, I'm still still looking, but I I I don't have a lot of time, and I was looking for about two months since we we finished the boot camp. So I think it's pretty good. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, very very good traction to begin with, um, and I I have no doubt that soon we'll be we'll be hearing yeah. about your new job. Oh, I um, hope so. See see see, Joy, uh, what did you do after the boot camp? Well, I was also lucky enough to get my first job in tech close to the end of the, the boot camp with um, CodeOp partners at the EUFMD. So um, that's been huge 
a learning opportunity because the team is very small. It's um, and and the the platform is built only by code op graduates. So it's, <laughs> it's really really interesting to to see that, uh, and it's really it's good. The code that I came uh, and met <laughs> is really good and really impressive UI. I really enjoy it. So, but uh, I, I'm able to learn so much more than. Um, you know, we learned in class, obviously, because now this is an actual thing with users. <laughs> uh, so that's been that's been really great. And also TAing, I, I really, really like it. <laughs> I think that's probably part of the, the teacher in, in my background, but I, I think I really like teaching or talking about code and helping others. So that's been really great. Um, what is the UFMD for folks who aren't familiar? Uh, it is uh, the European Commission for Foot and Mouth Disease. It's part of FAO, one of the um, uh, organizations in the United Nations. And cool. um, I, mm -hmm. it's a it's a three month consultancy job. Yes, it is a three okay. month uh, um, consultancy job, and so I'm at the end of it. And hopefully we'll start again in the new year. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been having code op students uh, take the torch for this internship consultancy project with with one of our partners. Um, I want to say something that uh, you know with the TAs, our TAs are amazing. Um, more often than not, they're students who went through the program um, and. We always feel kind of selfish about it because we want to hold on to them forever because they're so great. Um, but sometimes we have to let them fly away and that will happen. But there are some times in which we hold on to them because they're they're really passionate about teaching. They like the community and they become actual instructors. So Sophia is one of them. Yeah. Be aware, be aware. <laughs> also be aware audience that like most of the folks here were in your shoes at some point um, listening in to uh, transition to tech fireside chat and now they're panelists so this is this could be you in one one year and a half um last story um from the data scientist sarah what was your job search like yeah so i want to i want to emphasize community because you said you know that's what you set out to create and my job search really started thanks to pelly who was a, she's a student just like us and she was like oh i'm starting you know, I'm, I'm doing mine in January. I'm like, but we're not graduated. We haven't graduated yet. How, you know, we're ending in March. She's like, no, she's updating on LinkedIn now because that's when people are gonna start hiring in January. So she advised everybody team. She's like, come on, let's do this. So we started updating our resumes even before Anne-Marie, you know, had asked for, for them. And so my LinkedIn profile was updated. I started, you know, and, and then eventually, um, and, and Anne-Marie told us, hey, check and see what do you what kind of job do you want that was super important as you know mm -hmm. a couple of people mentioned that and i think why um i think this is something that the older folks can say you we we know what we want because we've been through it right so i i think for the younger people they might just apply any and everywhere which is fine you know what i mean when you're younger but like i'm 43 i'm you know what i mean like you got limited time we've got things to do so i'm like no, I know what I want. I know I don't want a job in the financial sector. You know, I, I knew what I didn't want. You know what I mean? I didn't even know what, what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, let me let me see what NLP jobs are out there that are not, you know, 
the finance thing or not, but you know, I, I kind of like, and so I just put out, I put out there that I am looking for an internship in NLP. I was super specific. I didn't put machine learning. I didn't put, you know, and within, before I graduated, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn in my internet with and said, you're looking for an internship. I'm looking for an intern, you know, in NLP. Uh, my tech guy let him, you know, interview you and let's see what happens, right? So it was someone that I knew on LinkedIn. So networking is so important. And um, I had the interview, you know, it took a while. I had to do a project, et cetera, and I got to. Meanwhile, I did interview for the EU FMD and I did not get to. Um, so like rejection is part of it, you know what I mean? I, um, when I was young, I did, I had a sales job, so I've, I've been to rejection <laughs> for a short while. And then, you know, you will feel bad when you don't get to, but shake it off and move on, learn whatever you need to and move on. I've also, I've, by the way, I've sent out stuff. I'm still sending out things, you know what I mean? To, to, to other jobs. So I have an internship now that is with Gleek. Um, it's, as I, I would have mentioned earlier that it's, um, uh, a human skills app, I didn't mention it earlier, a human skills app based in the U UAE. And I'm here in Trinidad and Tobago, so it's a remote part-time internship. And I've also just gotten a second internship with um, Fellowship AI, you all can look them up. They are also known as Launchpad AI is, is actually the, the company um, that, that produces um, data science um, tools for, 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 for companies. So I have, I have two internships now because my aim is to build up my portfolio so that I can apply for one of those jobs that say, you know, um, we need, you need at least a year's, year or two experience, right? So, so that's, that's the angle that I'm taking. By the way, my background is in engineering. Um, so I, I have a background in engineering and 15 years experience in engineering before. But this, this is the route that I, I have taken. This is, I, I have purposely sought out internships. Other people purposely sought out um, data science and um, data analytics jobs that I know in my cohort. And, you know, they've gotten um, full-time, you know, jobs. Well, one person got a full-time job, no, two got full-time jobs doing that. And um, someone else got a promotion, right? So they were in a data analyst job and they got a promotion. So, you know, they are different. It depends on where you are. Yeah, so that's my story. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see how it turns out in a year or two. Congratulations. Um, so we are right at eight o'clock. Um, I, I, I suppose if we could just close with, uh, if you have one piece of advice for the audience listening, what would it be? Uh, 10, 10 seconds. Uh, Joy, let's start with you. Uh, I would say uh, be brave, uh, put yourself out there, uh, try the scary thing. It, it usually pays off. Amandine? Uh, just what I said earlier, trust the process. Um, you, you know, we've, we've, there's been a lot of people who have gone through that course from all walks of life. And, you know, we, we've managed to pull through. So just, you know, if you doubt yourself, trust the process. Cordina? Do a plan as soon as possible. <laughs> plan <laughs> and put yourself all in with the plan and the option A, B, and C. Maria? Um, two things, uh, have a fun attitude at all times. Mm. You have to laugh at it, laugh at yourself. Otherwise it will become too much of a burden. 
but if you have a good laugh and have a good laugh with your classmates, even better. And then um, if you're like me, uh, I wrote down like the moments where I had a mini breakdown. So day five on week one, halfway through week two and week three, week five, and halfway through the project phase. So just so you know that if you're feeling <laughs> on those days, it will get better. And then perhaps feel down, so you check the dates and then it will get better again. So yeah, if you're down, know that it will get better and you will go through it. Yeah, yeah well, that's all. <laughs> Thanks. Sarah? Yeah, so dream big, forgive yourself every day. And really boring, but like I have an Excel sheet with like, mapping out my time like how I map out yes I know but I did it really helps like the amount of time I spend watching Netflix I'm like oh my god like Bridgerton so you know like I save those for weekends now I don't do Wordle anymore you know you do what you need to, do to, to get it done good luck cool Paula um so it's gonna be hard but um don't be too hard to yourself and um yeah, one day at a time, I think. Yeah, yeah, super. Um, so first, I want to thank our panelists uh, for taking the time amongst your very busy schedules to be with us and to share your stories. Um, really big thanks and, and for being so candid with all of us. Um, thanks to, to the audience for being there. Um, I know finding a time to do this is also difficult and it's that shitty, well, at least in Central European time, it's that shitty time where, where often your kids need you. So next time we'll try to do one in the morning. It's a little tricky because the audience, as you saw, are international. Um, but thanks everyone for everything. Please connect with us on, on LinkedIn. Uh, we have actually a parents channel in our community Slack. So if you're interested in joining that, um, we'd love to see you there. And, and that's about it. Uh, wishing you all a lot of luck with your vocational journeys. Take care.